It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're diving into your mailbag questions, including how deep is this Thunder roster, their rotations, how has Poku progressed, and how hard is winning a championship? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, which is brought to you by FanDuel, we're going to dive into your mailbag questions from predicting stat lines to rotations to a possible Thunder rebrand. We're answering it all on today's show brought to you by FanDuel. Go right now to the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. So it is a mailbag Monday and we do have another week of Thunder content for you today. We're talking all about your questions tomorrow. We're going to talk about FIBA and the preseason and what to look forward to with training camp. On Wednesday, let's talk about what this looks like if the Thunder have their absolute best case scenario become them and like they just fulfill their their absolute ceiling this year. Thursday, let's take a look at the opposite approach of that. What if just everything goes wrong for OKC? And then Friday, let's talk about what's the middle ground for OKC and get into your reactions to that as well. So drop below what you think the best, worst, and most likely case scenario is for this Oklahoma City Thunder team. And right now, let's dive into your mailbag questions. This first one is a joint question because they're kind of similar. At Megan's 
says, is it a bad idea if Josh Giddy is the Thunder's sixth man? It bolsters the bench. It spreads the shot distribution. And then at John SA 1952 says, do you think the regular starting five for the Thunder could change by the end of the year? So the regular starting five, it's going to be SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, and Chet. That's going to be the starting five for OKC. Now, I understand that part of the fun of following the team is like trying to guess what could happen, making predictions, um, you know, tinkering with certain things. But I think that the starting lineup is one thing where it's just set in stone. I understand the reason for concern about, you know, having Josh come off the bench would mean that the bench would, would be uh, in better hands. I totally agree with that in the sense of last year, there were, there were times where the bench unit could have used some more organization, could have used better playmaking, but you have to remember that that's exactly what Michich brings to the team. And so I think just by the pure addition of him, you've then already bolstered your second unit. You're also bringing in Chet Holmgren, you know, who is going to be healthy this year as opposed to last year. And that pushes someone, Jay Will in this case, down to the bench, which then, again, helps your bench and helps elongate some of that depth. And so I, I really believe, and of course, we won't know for a fact until it happens, but I really believe that, you know, the, the kind of perfect world is playing out a little bit for OKC, where like last year, you had to stagger SGA and Giddy and, and, and stagger Jadab as well and figure out a way to survive these minutes where SGA was not playing and figure out a way to survive these minutes without your three guys. Whereas this year, with the addition of Micic, with, with, with getting Chet back, you know, it's not going to be so much survival mode for that second unit. They're going to be able to either maintain leads or even build on leads better than they were able to last year. And so I think when you look at Josh Giddy too, you know, him in that starting lineup really helps bring out the best, I think, in Chet Holmgren. Uh, he helps shot distribution, in my opinion, for that starting five. And that's going to be your best lineup. And so I get the premise of, um, or the worry of the second unit, but I think that that Michis is going to clear up a lot of that in this season. But ultimately, I think that that's your starting five. I think that that's your best five for the entirety of the season. I, I would be pretty shocked if fully healthy, there's ever a moment where that's not your starting five, if these guys are healthy. So we'll see how that all plays out. At the Meek Leak, if SGA did not play all season, what would be the team's win total for this year and the win total projection? I think that this is a, a highlight to how deep this Thunder roster is. Obviously, Shea is what makes this go. Shea is what gives you a chance to have a really successful season and be really, really good. But I don't think that if he were to just, you know, not play this year because of whatever reason, hopefully not injury, but of course he is playing in the FIBA World Cup. This team would would not be a play-in team to me, uh, would not be a playoff team, but they also wouldn't be a 21 team. I think that they'd finish somewhere with 30 to 35 wins. You would have Micic in there like as, as a huge replacement for, you know, being a 29-year-old who's been there, done that, and can help you settle the waters a little bit. Josh had a huge progression last year that I think went under the radar and I would expect another progression for him. And, you know, when you look at Josh and Chet and what that two man game could be, 
it would be really, really good. If you can get J-Dub to be more aggressive offensively, uh, you know, he would help out a ton, obviously. But my, my biggest thing here is the reason why I bring the win total down so dramatically lower than, um, you know, what you'd expect to have with Shea. Obviously, Shea's a great player. But, you know, while, while it's no discredit to Josh or, or J-Dub or Chet or Michich or, you know, guys like J-Will, Joe, Wiggins, Kenny Hustle, like those are all really good players. And they're going to put up a great fight. And they're going to win some basketball games. But you're also going to lose a lot of close games. You're going to lose a lot of games in the fourth quarter because you're so young, because you don't have the guy who can just go get you a bucket anytime you need it. And that's what Shea provides. That's how Shea changes this team. He's a guy that when the offense stalls or when you're trying to match point for point down the stretch, he can do that for you. He can get into those shootouts. Whereas that's just not going to be Josh's game right now. It's not going to be J-Dub's game right now. It's not going to be Chet's game right now. I don't even think that that's going to be Mitch's game right now. So, uh, you know, I, I would bring the win total down, obviously, and I would not have them in the play in our playoff, obviously. But I wouldn't do it to a, a, such a dramatic extent. I think that what changes the most is just you're going to lose those close games. But we saw with with, with Mark as well, even whenever he, he's given little to no talent to work with. And, you know, during those first couple of seasons, especially by the end trend of the season, there was little to no talent on the roster. Even in those circumstances, he had the team prepared. He had the team playing really good basketball. They just weren't talented enough to win games. This team is talented. Even without Shea, they're just not talented enough to, to win the close games that it takes to you know get to the postseason and to you know win the, the amount in the West, especially, that it takes to get there, to get to the play and get to the playoffs. But it would still be a really fun young team. It's just that, obviously, Shea makes things go as a first-team All-NBA player, as a, as a fifth in MVP voting kind of guy, uh, an all-star, et cetera. But it'd still be a fun young team to follow, for sure. But luckily for the Thunder, they're going to have Shea, and they're going to have all these guys uh, right now fully healthy. So that's how we're kicking off Mailbag Monday, talking about depth, talking about rotations. We're going to get into more of that, especially with Poku and Chet and J-Dub, as well as the possibility of a Thunder rebrand. Let's talk all that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at FanDuel, folks. FanDuel is awesome. FanDuel is where you want to be at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Because guess what, folks? Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, you can bet on the Super Bowl winner. You can get bonus bets every time that they win a regular season game. That is incredible. Every time they win the regular season, you can get bonus bets. So check it out today by just betting on any team to win the Super Bowl, and you can get bonus bets for every victory. You can also, of course, use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over, under, and more. So go there right now to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get those bonus bets. And also, of course, it's America's number one sports book, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. When you go there right now, you can make those NFL bets, those future bets on who will win the Super Bowl by going to NFL. And then you're going to have the NFL odds for, of course, the games. So you can even bet on week one games right now. First game of the NFL season, Chiefs and Lions. Chiefs are seven-point favorites at home on Thursday, September 7th. But the Super Bowl, Chiefs are the favorites to win it again, uh, but the Eagles are right behind them, and the Bills, and then the Bengals. You can take the Niners, if you believe in their quarterback situation, or the Dallas Cowboys at plus 1,400. So check them out. You can bet on any team to win, and every time that they win a game, you're going to get bonus bets back at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. 
No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And we lay out the plan for this week. It's going to be a fun week, I think. And so you can go check those out as they become available this week. It'll be a lot of fun. And so you never miss an episode, subscribe. Now, at Beavis says, what do you think about a uniform shakeup? He personally would be down for one. Yeah, you know, I'm not anti the Thunder logo or anti the Thunder uniform as many people are. And I get it. Like, you know, the logo could improve. It could look more modern. And the Thunder are in a spot that, that I... Don't know many teams that find themselves in this position across professional sports. There are some, you know, Washington is one in the NFL. Uh, OKC is one in the NBA, and there's other examples too. But they're in a position where if they were to rebrand, if they were to make their logo look more modern, more sleek, more just different, you know, it would not, it would, it can't get worse. Let's just say it like that. The shield logo has grown on me personally. Uh, you know, you can argue that it was never supposed to be permanent, but me personally, it's the shield logo has grown on me personally. But the thing is, no matter what they would have would, would unveil in a rebrand, hypothetically, it couldn't look worse than what the shield does. Just aesthetically, just fashion-wise, it could not do you couldn't downgrade. Whereas many franchises could end up downgrading from what they had before. So that's one check in the column for rebranding for OKC. And you saw the Suns uh, release uh, like a new era, new jersey, but it's kind of an old jersey uh, thing on Friday. But in general, I think that the Thunder have done a really good job. You can argue the logo's not great, but since Nike's taken over, the home and road, the the minor switch of going OKC at home, Thunder Road, and changing the font size and everything, that makes the home roads look 10 times better from Nike. And besides the mellow gray ones, you know, the, the 17 gray ones, th- those were terrible. But besides that, all of the other Nike um, alternates like this, like the city and um, associated, however they phrase these jerseys, I've forgotten nowadays, but you know, the earned, whatever, whatever they called them, they, they've all been great outside of the mellow year where they had the gray and yellow and the weird piping. It was just weird. It was bad. But outside of that, the jerseys themselves have been pretty good. Even the NASCAR ones grew on me. Uh, this year's the red dirt logo was incredible. Uh, you know, it, I, I loved it this year, and and so I like the colors a lot. Me personally, I, you know, again, it's grown on me. The shield has. I wouldn't mind if they did or don't change it. I just want the colors to stay the same. I do like the colors. Uh, I, I think that the colors are great, but 
when you look at some of these Reddit posts and some of these, um, you know, Photoshop concepts, there's a lot out there that you can do that look pretty cool. Uh, so I wouldn't mind it, but I'm also not, it's not at the forefront for me, but I know it is for a lot of fans. And, and I think that um, it's grown on me probably because of just like nostalgia factor of like what you grew up on. Uh, but it, again, if they changed it, it couldn't get worse. So I'm all for changing it because it would get better if anything else. But the jerseys themselves, I do want to give them credit on the jerseys. Those have been much improved in recent years, especially with Nike taking over. The one gripe I have is that like, um, I would want them to do one of the concepts that they do that they did um, where you change the court per jersey, which is so common now in the NBA. I would like to do one of those every year for OKC. Where they, you know, they did it the one year where they had like the all white jerseys and had like a grayed out court. I'd want to see them do that every year with their city jerseys or, you know, whatever jersey they wanted to. We're just like every Friday night, they're going to play in a different home court in the sense of like a different one than normal. So that would be my one gripe of, of all the rebranding of all the uniform stuff. But there have been really good concepts out there um, for, for a rebrand. And you can argue, you know, you're coming up on a new arena. You're coming up on a new era of Thunder basketball in the sense of like getting back to relevancy and competing. You can argue these next couple of years will be the perfect time to do it if you were ever going to do it. But I, I just have a feeling that a lot of people in that, in that organization have, have grown to love the shield and what it represents and the history behind it. Because the bottom line is there's been a ton of history in OKC. They've only been around since 2008, but they have crammed a lifetime of history in that span. If you just did a blind resume test of, of, of the players who have touched this organization, the milestones this organization has accomplished, and you put it up against some franchises who've been along, around a lot longer, you pick OKC 10 times out of 10. And so all that history is attached to this branding. So it's tough to let it go. You know, it's, it's tough. But, of course, a rebounding would not be the worst thing in the world. It's just not for me something that like, I know some fans who are just like dying for just cannot wait. And that's, that's well within, you know, your, your right to do. It's just not there for me personally. Uh, at Charles Cohen comments on the, on Poku's latest Twitter picture, plus the growth from him, Chet and dub. Oh uh, yeah. P Poku posted a picture on Instagram and Twitter and all socials uh, of him looking absolutely jacked. And uh, he does look a lot bigger and he does look a lot, uh, you know, better. And, and, and we can tie this Poku part real quick um, in with uh, this question from at MK1224 uh, asking what, what Poku's role might end up being and if Poku has a future with this Thunder team. And I, and I think that he does in this season especially. But the bottom line is, this is a massive year for him. Guys typically don't hit restricted free agency very often in OKC. And there's no extension in sight for Poku. And part of that's because, you know, Poku should just bet on himself of, of like trying to get a bigger deal at the end of the season versus the, the very team-friendly contract that you'd be willing to give him right now. So this is a big deal for him. But we have to remember that before this leg injury, like for, you can't even factor in anything after the leg injury. I know that he technically played games after it. His season ended against the Spurs that night. And up until that point, he looked the best he's ever looked. He's improved every single year he's been in the NBA. He's, he's never taken a step backwards. And last year was his first dramatic improvement where, you know, it's undeniable. He played much more under control. 
He looked much more comfortable in the NBA. He looked much more confident in his role. He stopped trying to play outside of himself and just kind of played within his strengths. You know, it, it felt like, and again, I, I hate to use this as an example to the defend poker or whatever, because, you know, you just don't know not having asked him this, but it felt like just watching him that he finally let the pressure go. He let the pressure of being a first round pick go. He let the pressure of like the expectation of like him being some unicorn go and just wanted to be a basketball player and just playing basketball. He played really well. And you look at November in November, he averaged 11 points, five rebounds, an assist and a half per game on 51% shooting from the floor, 45% shooting from three and 66% shooting at the line. That's a 13 game sample size for Poku in those 13 games. He had 26 blocks and 10 steals. If you can sustain that off the bench, that is a valuable piece for OKC. And it lets you do a lot of things to where if you can sustain that even a little bit, we are shooting just a respectable number where you have some, some uh, shot gravity from beyond the arc. And you have that help side rim protection defensively. And you get some rebounds off the bench. Then that helps you play a cohesive style of basketball because you can kind of get that Chet Light role in Poku off the bench while Chet's on the bench resting. So it gives you that synergy, gives you that continuity for each unit, which then in turn will make it easier to plug and play guys as things happen throughout the season. Because the bottom line is like 99.999% of guys don't play 82 games anymore. So there's going to be points in the season where you need to mix and match. You need to um, you know, find different combinations for a certain stretch of games. And so if Poku can do that, you know, for a sustained period, then it'd be great for this team and great for the Thunder and great for Poku. Uh, and he looks a lot bigger and looks a lot better uh, just in the gym. And luckily, that's the case for him. Now, he did, you know, suffer an injury this summer. And um, I don't know if he's going to play in FIBA. The reports are he's not going to play in the FIBA World Cup. We'll see how that all pans out at the end of this month. But in general, if he takes another step this year as he has his whole NBA career, then that'll be great for Poku and for the Thunder. So, yes, the picture looks great. Uh, J-Dub. Jadup looks huge, and what's been interesting is watching these scrimmages uh, from Team Select versus Team USA, which we're going to get into into tomorrow. Even though he's just jacked right now, uh, he is he is playing that kind of same pace and speed and force that he was, uh, you know, pace and speed he was last year, and playing with more force offensively than he did last year. So like it hasn't hindered him athletically; it's only helped him on the offensive end so far, which is great, which is really great. He had a nice putback in these scrimmages as well, and some really good defensive possessions. Uh, Chet looks bulked up. You know, I think that with Chet, it's it's just going to, the joke is going to follow him his whole career, like no matter what he does, honestly. But, but if you just look at a picture of him right now, he just looks like a normal basketball player. Like the jokes are a little bit overblown for Chet. But yeah, he, he, is, he is improving. And he's talked about it on, uh, he won a lot of podcasts. I think it was, uh, the All the Smoke podcast, where he talked about how like he's trying to put on the the right kind of weight, and that's why it's kind of progressing in increments versus like some dramatic overhaul, which is how you have to do it as a professional athlete. So you know, we'll see how this all goes down. At Walter Crunch Crunk OKC, will any of Canada's exhibition games be televised? So all the FIBA games are broadcasted on this platform called Courtside TV. I believe you need a subscription for it, um, but Everyone will retweet those links as the games pop up. Uh, now, FS1 is 
um, broadcasting the Team USA FIBA exhibitions tomorrow, or I guess tonight, actually, tonight for Team USA. And Team Canada has so many USA guys that they, I mean, so many NBA guys that they might broadcast Team Team Canada's exhibition here stateside. But nonetheless, no matter what they do, uh, FS1 that is, the games themselves will be found on Courtside TV. And you can, of course, look that up right now and get a subscription or just wait until uh, the games start and click on the link and sign up for it there. Uh, but yeah, they should all be broadcasting on Courtside TV as they've been to this point for uh, other countries' ex- exhibitions. Uh, at the big D for three, who is most likely to become the second star next to Shea? J-Dub or Chet? I think it'll be J-Dub is what he says. What do I say? We'll talk about that coming up. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. At the Big D for three, who is the most likely to be the come, come on next star for Shea? And uh, it will be Chet or J-Dub. He thinks it'll be J-Dub. Look, I think that Chet will benefit the most from playing next to Shea, playing next to Giddy, playing next to these guys because he's a really good rim roller, uh, he'll be able to space the floor for them on the drive and kick from Shea, which will be deadly. Uh, you know, he'll he'll be able to benefit a lot from playing this to these guys. I think that Chet will be a really high, I mean, uh, Chet will be a really high-end player, and so will J-Dub. And the thing is, they both have such high potential that as of this moment, you have to lean J-Dub because he's already shown it in the NBA. He showed it in training camp last year where Kenny Hustle came out and said that he looks like a future all-star. He showed it with his play on the court in the regular season where he became a runner-up for Rookie of the Year, he's shown it on the court as a rising star in this league. Chet has the chance to do that this year and show it this year on the court. I think that it also, when you're talking about star, narratives do play into it to where Chet had the expectation to be a star. So if he plays to that star production, it'll be easier for people to tab him as a star versus J-Dub but in general, I lean J-Dub because he's already shown it in the NBA. But I do think that Chet will be able to complement the guys around him very well on the Thunder. And they're building a team. They're not necessarily building a team around Chet purposefully, but you'd be, a, you'd be mistaken to think that it, it's not a very, very, very um, likely coincidence that it just so happens that Chet, uh, the, you know, their number two overall pick, then maximizes the players already on roster and the players that they've brought into this roster since they've drafted Chet and also 
you know, they maximize him. So it's obviously been done purposefully that Chet is going to benefit these guys and also benefit from these guys to make his stats look really good and also his impact be really, really high on the game. But Jacob's impact last year as a rookie was really, really high. And so like it's it's a it's gonna be a great question to figure out, but it's gonna be great that the Thunder will have both of them. And of course they have Josh Goody too. Ben Glover. Why does Chet keep dribbling into tight spaces? Look, I, I, I get it. We're watching all these scrimmages. We're watching Summer League. We're watching these videos of Chet in um, you know, pickup rounds or whatever. And we want to react to them. I do too. And I said all Summer League long you know, that, that the turnovers were a problem on one hand. But on the other hand, this is the time of year where you want to have problems. And you want to do things that you're not going to be doing come October. And as of right now, I'm not too concerned about it because I think that Chet over-dribbling, turning the ball over, whatever, is a problem for right now as he's working on things and learning things. It won't be a problem when it comes time to buckle down and play regular season basketball. At Brother Reed 11, if you could take any role player prior to the CP3 team and uh, have them on this team, who would it be? You know, make the biggest impact on this team. You know, you always lean on guys like uh, Anthony Morrow and Deion Waiters and Jeff Green. Those would be like just names that just jump out as role players that, that would really help if you want to count Jeff Green as a role player. My sneaky answer might be Nerlens Noel. Uh, obviously, when he's in his quote-unquote prime with OKC. Um, but, you know, if you could get that production off the bench this year, it would be pretty cool for to have from Nerlens Noel, I think. That's a really good question. Leave your answers down below on YouTube and on Twitter. At B44Willie. If the top three or five players in the league just take turns on winning the championship every year, why do fans of 15 to 20 teams think that they have a chance? Well, number one, some fans just have unrealistic expectations. They're just unrealistic. Number two, that's part of being a fan, like fanatic, whatever. You've heard the saying that like, well, fan is short for fanatic. Uh, but it's true. It is short for fanatic. And you know, part of that is just if you're sitting here in August and you're not excited about your upcoming season, that means that your organization's done a terrible job. Like every organization should have done something this summer to make you very excited for October. Now that excitement might wash away by November. It might wash away by Christmas. But as of right now, if you're not optimistic and excited about the direction of your team, your management has done a terrible, terrible, terrible job. I think even like places like Portland, they're 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 still trying to solve giving away Dame Lillard and trading him away after the messy you know end. But once they do that, now you're looking at Scoot and you're looking at Shaden Sharp and you're looking at this young core. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't necessarily agree that, you know, the top three to five players win championships every single year, but there are, you know, other cases. But but yes, in general, you need a top 10 player in this league to win a championship. Uh, and so if you don't have one, it's going to be a problem for you. At the same time, Shea was fifth in MVP voting last year, if you want to use that as a measurement of three to five, top three to five players in the league. And the Thunder did not make the playoffs. Uh, you know, they made the play in, but not the playoff series. So, you know, first of all, to take this, it mainly comes down to unrealistic expectations, but also it's fun. It's fun to watch teams grow. I do not think that the Thunder are going to win the championship. I don't think that the Thunder are going to make the finals. I don't think that the Thunder are going to make a magical run to the Western Conference finals, but it's going to be fun to watch this team and this roster take shape and to watch them in their first playoff series and to watch them, uh, you know, 
navigate that. And it's also sports and unpredictable. And just if you look at it, like Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, they were each you know top 10 players. They made the finals one time together because there was always something that happened. And for there always to be something that happened against you, that means something in a good way happened for someone else. And that can always end up being you. You can always have a magical run. That Heat team this year, they didn't have a top three to five player in the regular season this year. They weren't supposed to be in the playoffs, much less in the finals. They got hot at the very right time and had a lot of things go right to get to the finals. Jimmy Butler's Heat have you know went to the finals more than Russ and KD's Thunder. And sometimes it's just a string of bad luck. But you never know. You never know. If you if you look at the Russ and KD team year over year and looked at the Jimmy Butler Heat team year over year, you would have thought it's a no-brainer that KD and Russ are going to get there more than Jimmy and the Heat did. But that, that that's not how it played out. Because you've got to watch the games and you've got to follow it. And you've got to have fun. You can't just like give, the, like, especially in this era. Like I think that this era is way different. Like, like, yes, there was a stretch there where you didn't have to play the season. You knew it was going to be the Cavs and the Warriors, duh. But in this era, it's even more open and fun and parody and everything else. So I'm excited for it. And again, part of it is just growing with this team and growing the ups and downs and embracing the path and the journey to get there. Like the Celtics have had formidable teams every single year. They haven't gotten there yet in the sense of winning one. They've gotten to the finals and lost to the Warriors. But then, you know, besides that, they've fallen short of the finals. They've fallen short of, of winning the East. They've fallen short of winning, um, you know, the NBA finals, obviously. But every year, they have a shot to do it, including this year. So some of that is unrealistic expectations, and some of that is just like, it's fun to see what teams will and won't get there, how teams can go over the hump, and um, everything else. Like, the Bucks didn't go over the hump until they did. The Nuggets didn't go over the hump until they did. Jokic has been a top five player, didn't go over the hump until he did. Same thing with Giannis. Like, eventually, you're going to break through, an event, and you've just got to find out when. Last two questions at Weatherly Hayden. Do you put on socks and shoes as sock, sock, shoe, shoe? Or shoe, sock, shoe, sock, sock, shoe. What in the world? Okay, this is how I do it. You get the gist of his question. I botched it. Hand up. That's on me. My answer, you got to go sock, sock, shoe, shoe. If you don't go sock, sock, shoe, shoe, I've got some questions about you. We got to look hard in the mirror if you don't go sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Nonetheless, at Thunderwalker, what is the meaning of life? Great question. Survive in advance, to leave it better than you found it, and to be good and be good to one another. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.